You're listening to The Highline, where we talk NASCAR track, racing facts, all with a little bit of sarcasm. Hey guys, and welcome to the first edition of The Highline Podcast. Each week we're going to talk about the highlights of the race, any good news stories to come out of the weekend, and just overall general NASCAR fun. I'm your host, Raven Fritz, and for the inaugural edition, we're going to be talking Daytona. Well, guys, racing season is officially upon us. We have one race in the books, or if you want to look at it another way, we're 35 races from crowning a new champion. Daytona is always, always, always a fun week. There's always so much going on. You have the clash, the Can-Am duels, then you have practice, and then the trucks, Xfinity, and the Monster Cup Series on Sunday. It's an action-packed week. I'm exhausted. I'm going to be honest with you. It was it was a long one. The race, specifically the Xfinity race, took its toll on my blood pressure. But we made it through. We've had our first glimpse of new teams, new manufacturers, race world without Dale Jr. in a race car. So, what are this week's headlines? Well, for starters... I think the biggest and most immediate change that we're going to be looking at this season and that we experienced at Daytona is we're in the middle of a changing of the guard. You know, the old heads are gone. We've lost, God, we've lost some big names in the past two to three years. Edwards is gone. Junior's gone. Stewart's gone. Kenseth's gone. Biffle doesn't have a ride. Gordon's gone. Uh, so a lot of the old heads are moving on in their careers. They've had great runs, and they're looking to do something new. Uh, Dale Jr. and Jeff Gordon are sticking around to do the booth, and Tony Stewart obviously started a race team. And so now the average age of a driver has dropped considerably. I like to think of them in three different categories. You have the Gentleman's Club. Whoops. You have the Young Guns, which is 25 and under, and we're talking Chase Elliott, Bubba Wallace, Kyle Larson, Brian Blaney, Alex Bowman, William Byron. These young guys who have come up and are just chomping at the bit, ready to go. I feel like this group of drivers that are in the 25 and under club are maybe more experienced than the last major group of young guns that we had. But, I mean, they they have come up and they are ready to go. Um, I think that, as of right now, Chase Elliott, Ryan Blaney, and Bubba Wallace could all win a race immediately. Uh, and as we saw at Daytona, it almost happened for two of them. So then we have the Gentleman's Club, as I like to call it, which is the 26 to 35. And this is going to be your... This is going to be your Kyle Busch, Austin Dillon, Brad Keselowski, Joey Logano. Um, These guys who were once the young hotheads have now matured and, you know, they're the the adults. Oh, that kind of scares me to think of Brad Keselowski, Joey Logano, and Kyle Busch as the adults of the group. But it is what it is. It's a new world we're living in, guys. And then you have the old guard, which is going to be 35 and up. 
So now we're talking Martin Truex Jr. We're talking Casey Kane, Jimmy Johnson, Ryan Newman, Clint Boyer, Kevin Harvick. These are guys going to be 35 and up. Most of them will have experienced the car before the car of tomorrow. And uh, they all have had respectful careers in their own right. We've got several champions in that group, several past champions, and some who are still eager to have one before they get out from behind the steering wheel for good. And so I think this is going to be a new dynamic. I know it's one that's always existed, but this crop of young guys I, I'm extremely impressed with. And so going into this weekend, I thought it was going to be interesting to see who was going to prevail. And my original thought would be that it was going to be one of the young guns. They were going to be hungry to get out there and prove themselves. A couple of them were going to have a chip on their shoulder because of the way that things ended last season. And for the majority of the race, that's exactly what was happening. You had Ryan Blaney out front, and he didn't look like he was going to be giving up that lead for anything. You had people like Bubba Wallace running really well. Chase Elliott, you know, had a good car, made some not-so-wise decisions. But he was trying to get up there and, you know, prove a point that he wasn't going anywhere. He was here to stay. I think that – I honestly think that moving forward, Ryan Blaney and Chase Elliott isn't going to be – I think we're looking at the next era of Jimmy Johnson and Jeff Gordon like talent. Um, and so my thoughts going in was that it was going to be a young gun that was going to get in victory lane just because they were dying to prove themselves. And it was one of the younger ones, but it wasn't it wasn't the 25 and under class. So I do think that all of the young guns made a very big statement with their driving and their aggressiveness. I don't think any of them are going to sit back and just let the old guard or the gentleman's club have their way and push them around. So it'll be interesting to see how these age groups work together moving forward, um, especially when you have a team of a little bit more seasoned driver like Penske with Brad and Joey who are pretty close in age and pretty close in temperament if for nothing else. Uh, when you add someone like Ryan Blaney, who seems very, uh, very easygoing, <clears throat> a driver's driver, uh, the people love him. I, it's going to be interesting to see because Penske is not usually well-liked personally. Penske drivers are not usually well-liked on personal levels among fans. So it'll be interesting to see someone like Ryan Blaney come into that situation and how he takes fan adoration on that team. The next interesting thing that we saw here at Daytona is that the new Fords, they're fast. And I would venture to say that Ford is now one of the biggest, if not the biggest manufacturer in the sport. You've got the Penske team, which is full of talent. You've got the Stuart Haas team. You've got, and I don't mean based off sheer number that they're the biggest manufacturer. I mean that Chevy may have four more drivers or cars than Ford, but of the 17 to 13 drivers for Chevy versus Ford, not all of those Chevys qualify for the race every weekend. And so the people that are driving Fords, I mean, that's just some of the most talented people I've ever seen come through the sport. And 
you know, some of these people driving Chevys, I've never heard of. They don't race each week. And quite frankly, they're just not a threat to go out and win. You know, obviously we don't have starting park cars anymore, but a lot of these people um, making it into the dance at Daytona would have helped fund other races for their season. So that's, that's kind of what I mean by I think that they're the biggest manufacturer in the sport. But they were extremely fast this weekend. If you look at the laps led, Ryan Blaney led 118 laps on Sunday. The, ne the next closest driver was Denny Hamlin with 22. 118 to 22. And the person that won the race led one lap. So, the Fords, I mean, they just, they showed out. I'll be interested to see how they perform at the mile-and-a-half tracks and, of course, the, the short track racing that we've got to come. But they held their own at Daytona, and I think they're going to be a major force to be reckoned with throughout this season, especially considering some of the drivers that are in the seat of a Ford. Now, we've talked a little bit about Ryan Blaney's heartbreak at the Daytona 500. But can we just talk about Eric Amarola for a minute? Now, he didn't have the most dominant car. He wasn't a Ford. But um, after Blaney got collected in that, that wreck, it looked like Eric Amarola had it. And I was as shocked as anybody. I did have him on my fantasy team, so I was all for it. Now, I just, I mean, that would have been a huge, 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 huge burst of confidence for that team and him as a driver and so I you know I, that would have been a feel-good story for me because Daytona is obviously a speed uh, speed Daytona is obviously a restrictor plate race and you know those are those are just as much luck as they are talent and not to say Eric Amarola doesn't have any talent my point is that people who aren't consistently in the running for race wins each week it's always possible that anyone can win at a plate track. So to see our to see Eric Almarola to see a name like Eric Almarola be leading with one lap to go, only to be bumped out of the way was just kind of heartbreaking, especially because he'd been up front most of the day. Um, and so, you know, you can have your opinion about Rubin Drayson and you know how you think that Austin Dillon handled that. If you think it was okay, or if you don't think it was okay, send me a tweet at, at @vravenfritz and let me know what your thoughts were about it. I wasn't crazy about it, and quite frankly, I'd have liked to have seen it play out a little bit differently, but it is what it is. I think if it had been anybody other than the number three that had done it on the 20th anniversary of the passing of Dale Earnhardt, we might have been looking at a different situation. But this is not a conspiracy channel, so we're going to move on from that. I just thought that... Uh, both Blaney and Almarola had heartbreaks on Sunday. But they'll get another crack at it next week. Now, Austin Dillon might have won the race. But it is fact that Bubba Wallace won the weekend. Rookie driver comes out, finishes second, has the run of a lifetime other than winning the actual race. And then to just see his post-race interview in the media center... I don't know about you, but it brought a tear to my eye. And just the raw emotion and the tears streaming down his face, I, it was more than I could handle. To see someone that overcome with emotion and not even to be winning, 
excuse me, to not even win the race, but just to be so overcome with emotion about the experience was, it was a lot. <clears throat> and so I'm expecting big things from this kid and I'm looking forward to see what else he's got and what his career is going to be. I think that he might have just signed and sealed. I think he might have just signed his bid for future favorite driver. And the last topic for today is going to be the question I think that could be on everyone's mind. Is Truex poised for a back-to-back -back cup championship? And quite frankly, we don't know. Uh, Super Speedways have never been Truex's forte. Uh, he's never been particularly... Well, that's not true. That's that's not true. He's never wanted a plate. He's never wanted a plate race at the cup level, and for whatever reason, he's either involved in a crash or just, you know, they don't have the speed that they need. Just never been able to finish one off when it comes to plate racing, and so he had he had a pretty good run yesterday. He 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 made his way up to second. He was there for a while, but he just never had the speed. That team just never found the speed that they needed to be a front runner for the weekend. And so, you know, it's hard to tell what their season's going to look like. Uh, we, we honestly just don't know. Uh, they ran strong for a little while, but they just couldn't push for the lead. And we won't really know if that team is still in championship form until we get to the mile-and-a-half tracks. They seem to have the energy. They are still intact. The whole team is back. And with Sherry being through with the second round of her uh, cancer, uh, it looks like things are on the upswing for this team. And hopefully this season will have less drama and they'll be able to pull off a repeat. But we'll have more on that topic after next week. The final little sound bites that I wanted to mention from the race that weren't full-blown, you know, newsworthy stories but i thought were interesting is it was that it was officially danica patrick's last race and it ended pretty much like all of her others she crashed out halfway through the race now this one wasn't particularly her fault she did get collected in a race I mean, she did get collected in an accident but i don't think it was how she wanted to end her nascar career so Dale Jr.'s pre-race Gentlemen Start Your Engines was quite possibly the best one I've ever seen. I wonder how long he's been waiting to do that. It had energy. You could tell he was excited to be there. And I'm pretty sure that the crowd loved it. So I'm sure there's clips of it online. If you haven't, if you didn't get to see it live, you should definitely go check it out because I got tickled. And then finally, the last thing I want to talk about is Jeff Gordon and Daryl Waltrip doing the Baby Driver commercial. Oh my goodness, guys, I was cracking up. Okay, I don't think of Jeff Gordon as the funny type, but that was super, super cute. So kudos to them for a great spot. So now that Daytona is officially in the books, we have had our first glimpse into the season. And I think we're gearing up for an interesting one. So that's going to be all for this podcast. I'm your host, Raven Fritz, and I'll see you after Atlanta. Thanks for listening to The High Line. To stay connected, be sure to follow me on Twitter at TheRavenFritz.
You've been listening to The High Line, where we talk race tracks, racing facts, all with a little bit of sarcasm.